0: Welcome to Grace Community Church on Demand, the weekly podcast from the Sunday services at Grace Community Church in Rupert, Idaho. Here at Grace, we believe in building the kingdom of God one person at a time. We're passionate about loving God, loving people, and following Jesus. Let's get into this week's message with Pastor Travis Turner
1: We're in a series called Building Great Families or Making Great Families. I- been super excited about this series i do not know if today is the last message in this series it's possible but who knows i might get you know i just i just might get encouraged some more and uh, this is the fifth message in this series how many of you know that families are important to god right how many of you know that families need to be important to us And, um, and, and we need to, we need to fight for families and we need to fight for good families. And, and I think great families, you know, they should be started in the church and the church should be, uh, you know, an example for people to be able to follow whenever it comes to, you know, what does a great family look like? Like, like, you know, and let's be that example. So I wanted to um, I wanted to share with you, Jeremiah, starting out the gate, this again, been kind of our theme scripture. Jeremiah chapter um, 6, I believe it is. 6 and verse 16. It says this, this is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and walk in it. And you will find rest for your souls. Yeah, Jeremiah 6 and verse 16. And and so it's interesting when you look at the at the words ancient and old, you know, sometimes people just automatically shut down because they think, wow, that is so outdated. But let me just ask you a quick question. How is this new way of thinking really working out for us? I mean, we have more division in our nation. We are so divided. Families are scattered, broken, you know. uh, and, And so we have to ask ourselves, while, you know, the old way certainly wasn't perfect by any means... But we have to ask ourselves because we feel, you know, we feel oftentimes like we're smarter than we've, you know, than we've ever been. But just ask yourself, really, like how how well is that working for us? I'm just saying that there's some value when you're at a crossroads looking at the at the ancient paths. In fact, I just shared with our with our team right before we came out here that honestly, I really feel compelled to do this. Maybe you can help hold me accountable but I'm thinking periodically having a dinner night where we you know, we, we provide free dinner for those, you know, those folks that would come and a good dinner, not like a cheap dinner, like, like ramen noodles, but a good dinner. Where the church just foots the bill for you to come and we'll call it, I thought this was so cool, but it's really cool because the Bible is cool. We'll just call it ancient paths and what we would do is we would have one of our elders or or we would bring in an elder guest speaker or somebody just to come and give a testimony of what it is that they've learned in this thing called life and how they've seen the faithful hand of God come on, move. And, 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 and then us younger bucks and buckets, buckets. I just made that up. Bucks and buckets. Us younger people, what we would do is we would just sit back and shut our mouths and open our ears and listen. Amen. Because, because we need that. And, uh, we haven't really done the best job of that and we can do better. Praise God. And so, um, When you do this, when you look back at the ancient past, when you make sure that you're on the ancient path, then what happens is, is the Bible says, when you do this, you will find rest for your soul. You'll find rest for your soul. Now, listen, there's only one way to get rest for your soul, and that is through God. Like going on vacation is not going to give you rest for your soul. In fact, how many of you have gone on vacation and then you were thankful to get back home because that's where you were able to really find the rest that you needed because you'd been so stinking busy on vacation. You're like, whew, man, I'm just worn out. What do you mean you're worn out? You went on vacation. See, rest for your soul only comes through God. And last year... And the first part of this year, how many of you had some problems, right? How many of you went through some strange times, like your problems had problems, right? And so it was, it was kind of a radical, you know, crazy, crazy year. And praise the Lord, we're, you know, we're coming out of that stuff. And I feel like we're returning back to a little bit of normalcy. At least that's what I'm claiming, and um, and we need rest. We need rest. We need rest for our souls. So the title of today's message is "From Generation to Generation." Let's go ahead and take a look at Jeremiah chapter eighteen and verse fifteen. It says this: "But my people are not so reliable, for they have deserted me." You know what he's saying? He's like, he's like, listen, my people have left the path that I have for them. They've left the ancient path but my people are not so reliable. This is God talking about his people, right? For they have deserted me. They have deserted God. They burn incense to worthless idols. They have stumbled off the ancient highways and walk in muddy paths. Huh? Interesting. Sounds kind of familiar today, doesn't it? Sometimes we our approach to life is as well, man, that book, it's just a history book. And while it is a history book, how many of you know the history repeats itself? Come on, that Bible is a living word. It's living, moving, breathing. It changes. Like it, you can read it and it can speak to the very thing that you're dealing with in your life, you know, today. And so the warning here is, is don't get off the path of scripture. And if you find yourself here today where your your life does not resemble what God has called it to be and called it to look like, like your life is so opposite from what Scripture has lined out, praise the Lord, God is a God of mercy and grace. You know what I mean? There's grace for today. But the deal is, is not to excuse, you know what I mean, your sin, that sin may abound more the idea is to repent of it and get back on the path that's not muddy, right? We have, we are, they, they have, my people are now, you know, they've stumbled off. They've walked off of the ancient highways and walked now in muddy paths. And so listen, you find yourself off of the, the path and the plan that God has for your life. Repent of your sins. Get back. Come on to doing and being what God has called and created you to do and to be. And so the ancient path is important. It's important not only for my life, and it's not just important for your life, but it's important for your kids' life. It's important for your grandkids' life. It's important for your grand, grand, grandkids' life, right? Like God is concerned about the babies that are being born today. You know, there's, there's a couple different conversations that I've been privy to over this past year of people contemplating having children, and they're like, why in the world would I have a child and bring a child into a world like this today? Well, even though the world is broken and busted and messed up, how many of you know that you can be a light, come on a beacon of light in the midst of a dark world? Like God cares about the children being born today. Amen. He absolutely cares about them. And guess what? For such a time as this applies to that child that's born this morning that they have been created for such a time as this there's a plan and there's a work come on there's purpose that god is thinking you know for them to accomplish you know what i'm saying now is not the time to whimper back in fear now is the time to stand up under the strength of the lord and say you know what i christ in me the hope of all glory i can do all things through him who gives me strength Come on, God's got a plan. It doesn't matter. How many times in history did they probably have those same conversations? Man, why would you bring a, war, a child into a world like this? A bunch, right? I guarantee it's that that's happened a bunch. And so God is an, also he's a multi-generational God. Like he cares about not only the older folks and, and, and us young people and the babies that are being Being born here, you know, today, come on, he cares about all of them. And so he's multi-generational. I was talking to Sean Rogers, I think it was yesterday or Friday. My days kind of run together, but we were talking about Greg McDonald and how, uh, you know, he he got a chance to go down and just, just felt like he needed to make a trip and go see him. And I thought, I was like, man, it just blessed me, you know, hearing that, just making that road trip. But Greg McDonald, you know, he he did a lot of things. But one of the things I think he did really well is he really invested in not only his kids, but his grandkids. Like he would bring his grandkids in, you know, not just for the weekend, not just for a week, but sometimes they would stay with them, you know, for a month or two months or a summer at a time. And you know what he was doing? He was teaching those grandkids the trade that he had spent his life developing and so this is a beautiful picture one that we don't see very often and one that needs to be celebrated more come on one man you know taking somebody else in the family up and saying let me show you what it is that i know and i want you to know that that's god's plan he's a multi-generational god i'm going to share with you a scripture that's not on the screen here but i want you just to listen to what this scripture has to say it's found in the book of Psalm, chapter 78, and this is verse 4, 6, and 7. It says this, we will not hide these truths from our children. We will tell the next generation about the glorious deeds of the Lord. You know what that is? That's like, let me tell you, son, let me tell you, my granddaughter, what it is that the Lord has done in my life. This is the older speaking to the younger So we will tell the next generation about the glorious needs of the Lord, about his power, and about his mighty wonders, so the next generation may know them, even the children not yet born. And they, in turn, will teach their own children so that each generation should set its hope anew on God, not forgetting his glorious miracles and obeying his commands. So we've been talking a lot about values. And and last week I made a statement that, listen, the last thing that we need is a bunch of new laws you know what I'm saying? Like laws are good. Let's, let's uphold like the laws that we already have in place. The problem is not that we don't have enough laws. We've got too many laws. The problem is, is our hearts are broken and messed up. What we need is we need a new heart. What we need is we need a surrendered heart. What we need is we need people to be led by the Holy Spirit. Amen. Because, because whether something is, is, is legal or not legal, come on, when you've got the Lord, the spirit of the living God directing your path, then, then it doesn't matter if something's legal, you may not do it just because it might break God's heart. Amen. But the law of the land says, Hey, listen, go ahead. It's fine. It's great. And so, and so what we need is we need a change of heart. So number one is this, it says, God has a multi-generational plan. You need to know this, that from day one, God has had a multi-generational plan. He's not just interested about your generation. And he's not just interested about the generation above you. And he's not just interested about the generation below you. Come on, God is interested in in how you interact multi-generationally. Exodus chapter 3 and verse 15 says this, God also said to Moses, say to the Israelites, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, listen, Abraham, one generation, the God of Isaac, a second generation, and the God of Jacob, the third generation has sent me to you. So he's like, listen, this God, come on, that has been so faithful to Abraham, to Isaac and to Jacob Come on, now is coming to you because he's got good things in store for you too. The God that was faithful to them is also going to be the God that's faithful to you. Some of you all have incredible grandparents, great grandparents that you were privileged enough to spend a little bit of time with. And your heart breaks today because you can't spend time with them anymore. They're, they're, they're with the Lord. And I'm just reminding you today that God was faithful to them. You know, maybe brought them through the depression and some other real difficult times. And, and, and you heard about miracle after miracle after miracle. Where they had to stand upon the promises of God. Like, listen, God's been faithful to them, but he's also going to be faithful to you. Because he's multi-generational, amen? And he blessed them, and he desires to bless you too. Right? You are the fruit of them. And he, there's nothing more that God wants to do is come alongside of you and say, man, these are my people and I'm well pleased with them. Amen. So we've got a generation above us. We always talk about this here. We should always be reaching up. We've got a generation that are our peers beside us. And we've also got a generation below us. Like, listen, if you don't have one hand up and one hand down, like if you're not reaching up to somebody that has lived life a few more years longer than you've lived, and then reaching down to people that haven't lived as long as you've lived, come on, then we, then you're missing God's plan for your life. And this is just as much of a challenge to the older people, the gray, gray-haired people, because I'm gray-haired people too, but the gray-haired people, like if you're not reaching down, then you're not, you're not fulfilling God's plan for your life and and listen young people if you're not reaching up then you're not fulfilling and also reaching down then you're not fulfilling god's plan for your life god does not set people in retirement and sit back and just let things fall apart part of the problem that we have today is young people think they're too smart and old people are too tired they don't want to put in the time and and fight the fight that it takes Come on to, to have some patience with somebody that is going to require patience and, and give away what it is that you know. Like we are dropping the ball all over the place in this area here. We are, we are dropping the ball in this area as, as the church in the United States. And we have to, we have to change and we can change, Amen we have to change and we can change so so we've got these generations i want to draw some things out to you and i wish i had a graph i don't have a graph but abraham lived 175 years old okay i don't want to live that long but i think it's pretty cool that people did isaac lived 180 years isaac must have You know, I don't know. Maybe he had a more chill job. I don't know. But he lived a little bit longer than Abraham did. Jacob, he was doing everything wrong, messing with his brother, lying and all that stuff. And he only lived 147 years. But this is the thing. So Abraham, 175 years, Isaac, 180 years, and Jacob, 147 years. I don't know what the crossover was but there was a pretty significant period of time where all three generations were alive. I want you to grab a hold of this. There was a significant period of time where all three generations were alive. Oh, and they did life together. And the ancient past that this is talking about was Abraham not only teaching Isaac, but also teaching Jacob. Reminding God, uh, reminding not only Isaac, but Jacob of the incredible, miraculous, powerful things that God had done. And then all of a sudden, Isaac's like, you know what, I've seen some stuff too. And then all of a sudden, Jacob's like, man, I'm a young guy here, but I've also seen some stuff here too. And so it's passed on generationally, right? Why? Because passing things on is important, If it's so important, why aren't we more intentional about young people sitting at the feet of old people and old people literally, and I'm I'm not looking to offend anybody here, but some of us are older than others. I'm not calling you old, I'm just saying you're old. I feel like I'm old. I feel older every single day. And I am old compared to young people. You know what I'm saying? Like, so don't be offended. Just understand what I'm saying is, is that, that we have got a lot of ground to make up here. We're not doing a good job of this. And it's it's not one party's problems. It's all of our problem. It's all of our problem. All right? All right. So you get it. You get it. All right. So we're at number two is this. We are a diverse or a mixed people. Somebody say amen. Amen. So this is, these are the different generations. We got the silent generation, which was born from 1928 to 1945, okay? Any silent generation people here today? Uh, Be excited about being a silent generation. Oh, you're silent. That's why. You're you're like, okay, all right. (laughs) All of our silent generation, raise them up, please raise them up everybody look around this is awesome we celebrate you celebrate our silent generation right now everybody all right and then we've got the the boomer generation 1946 to 1964 any boomers in the house okay awesome we got a lot of boomers here that's so cool and then we've got my generation the greatest generation no no I'm just totally (laughs) come on any gen xers in the house here any generation x not very many of us wow wow I'm disappointed (laughs) where's all my people uh all right and then we've got, then we've got the next, uh, Gen X is 1965 to 1980. Maybe there's a couple other, you didn't know you were Gen X, 1965 to 1980. Raise them up if you're a Gen X. Okay, still pretty light. Wow, boomers got it so far. Boomers rule, boomers rule. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you guys are the greatest generation. No, no. Um, and then we've got, and then we've got, are you ready for this? The Gen X or no, we got Gen The Millennials, 1981 to 1996. Any Millennials in the house? Millennials got Gen Xers. We, we're coming in last so far, actually. Um, come on, Millennials. Are you happy to be a Millennial? Millennials, be proud. Be proud of your own people. All right. And then we've got Generation Z, which is 1997 until present. So we wonder why we are so frustrated and so confused. It's because we've got five families living in a one-bedroom, one-bathroom house. This time in history, come on, we're not dealing with three generations. We're dealing with five generations, and those generations are so very different why are we so frustrated because we think so differently one from another completely different but God doesn't say just because it's hard don't do it he doesn't say just because it's difficult you know you don't have to you don't have to continue to pass on he's like listen whatever you do man you've got to contend you've got to contend for the the older passing on you know, to the, to the younger. And so I'm going to group these up into two categories here real quick. We've got the silent and the boomer and the generation Xers. We're going to put all those in, in one bundle, silent generation, the boomers, and then gen X. The truth is, is these three are typically a lot slower paced, right? When it comes to faith, even though the faith may be different, faith is a shared value. Like faith is important, even though your faith might be different than my faith um, in this group of people. Trust is high, like we trust first before we distrust. Boy, that's changed, hasn't it? And then morality also is, is, is high, right? And so not all of this is good because also out of these three generations we have a lot of false religions that have, that, have, that, have, that have come out of this. And so not everything is good, not everything is great. A Lot of really cool things, but, but, but there has been a lot of, of, of religion that has come out of this. Okay, so let's take a look at 1981. Come on, there was an atomic bomb that went off and this atomic bomb is called Millennials. Millennials were brought into the picture and while Millennials still some of them remember what it was like to have a phone hanging in your house on a wall or any Millennials remember that any any Millennials remember even the dial phone or was it the push button by the time you guys came around any Millennials ever have a a, a tape deck tape deck Uh, eight track no eight track all right um any millennials remember actually having to go to the store to rent a movie? Okay, so that was that was at the end, that was kind of in the middle, right? And then all of the sudden, Netflix and Hulu, actually Hulu's been later, but Netflix comes on the scene. Remember Redbox? Redbox was around, probably still is around, but, but who, who's got time for that? You know what I'm saying? I can just download it and... And so so all I'm saying is a lot of things have changed since millennials came on the scene. And so I'm gonna, I'm gonna put together millennials and this generation Z and, and, and listen to the difference. Um, their lifestyle is frantic and sometimes chaotic. Do you know this? That we went from a 40-hour work week to now the average person works 47 hours a week which so we've added a whole day of work come on since since 1981 is that crazy um faith is at the margins you know what I mean faith is not it's not like a core deal in fact amongst this group of people you you will you will find a lot of people that 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 don't have you know faith in any kind of any kind of a God trust is broken like trust has to be earned the three generations before it, trust was given until it was lost. Now, trust has to be earned. You see the big difference there? All right. Morality, everything is, is, is all about tolerance now. And tolerance by itself is really, really cool because tolerance, like the, the real meaning of tolerance is, is that all people are created equal. How many of you believe that? All people are created equal. All people are valuable. So we're tolerant one to another. But that has shifted in recent years to mean that every idea is equal. And let me just tell you this. Every idea is not equal. In fact, some of your ideas need to be just kept to yourself because there's zero value in them. And I know this is very, very difficult, very difficult for some people to hear, but it's the truth. Just because you have an idea doesn't mean that it's a good one. And, and, and I'll say the same thing with me. Just because I have an idea, I'm not speaking down to anybody. I'm being truthful. All ideas are not equal. But we have shifted into, into thinking, and this is why we have some of the most ridiculous ideas that people are getting behind today. Which honestly, if people like your grandparents knew that we were dealing with some of the junk we're dealing with today, they literally would roll over in their grave. But people are embracing them. Oh no, every idea is equal. It's not, it's crazy, ludicrous. It's not, all right, all right. So number three is this, we are a disconnected, this is number three, boom, boom, get with it. All right, I'm just, <laughs> I had to hit it three times. I wasn't saying three, all right. We are a disconnected generation. We're a disconnected generation. They're not gonna think this is a touchscreen if I gotta keep hitting it four <laughs> or five times. I want people to think that this is like high class, you know, high dollar. It's not. It's just a TV. But when I touch it, watch. Boom. (laughs) That's where you go. Okay, let's go back. Boom. All right. All right. So we're a disconnected generation. Not many ancient pathways are being passed on to younger people. From the old to the young. Judges. Let's take a look at that. In those days Israel had no king. All the people did whatever seemed right in their own eyes. Does that sound like today? This was like like we're thinking. You know what? We're dealing with things that have never been dealt with in the past. This was written a long time ago. Right? And this is, is so reflective of where we are today. In those days or today. Come on, the people of you know God's people. Let's even say God's people had no king. All the people did whatever seemed right in their own eyes. We've got this thing that's that's in your Bible called doctrines of men. It's whenever we take whatever it is that we believe and we commingle it with what the Bible you know says, and we come up with a truth that's a half truth. That's really a half truth is a lie. You know what I'm saying? We're like, listen, we're just going to kind of make it seem kind of biblical, but not, but not really. And a lot of that's going on, you know, here today. Margaret Mead said this. Throughout human, this was written in 1960, by the way. Before I was, I was born in 1971. It was nine years, actually 11 years before I was born. Throughout human history, in all cultures, parents have helped The young understand life and the future. However, I anticipate that a time is coming where technology and culture changes so fast that for the first time in human history, children will have to figure out for themselves what their values will be. This was written in 1960. Is that crazy? And guess what? We're living it today. But it doesn't have to be that way. You know what I mean? We can we can see the problems that are at our door because we failed to reach down and we failed to reach up, and and we think that you know just because Grandma doesn't know what Control Alt Delete is, that 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 she does she can't she doesn't have some life experiences that can help you. You know she's outdated. Uh, but I'm just telling you this that we've got this issue at our door. And we have a we have a choice to make. We can do something about it, or we can continue just to let it roll on and just and just find out where that, you know, where that leads us. And I'm just saying this that, that I'm challenged to work harder, to do more, to make sure that I'm connecting up and connecting down. Amen. The next generations deserve it. And guess what? My generation deserves it as well. It's not too late. So times. You know, we don't do things because doing is too difficult. That came up to me this morning. I was just like, man, that's so good. I got to write that down. There's times that we don't do because doing is too difficult. Right? Let me tell you, you guys, I've been bringing you guys along on my health journey. And so last week I told you, probably let the cat out of the bag a little bit too soon. But I'm like, "Yep, Tina and I, we're going to run a half marathon. And she's like, boy, you really put that out there, didn't you? And so and so now I'm like, you know, man, we got to do this. But I know we're going to do it. Let me tell you why I know we're going to do it. Because the half marathon that we were looking at, I went out to YouTube, and I YouTubed it. And I was wanting to know what the elevation change was. Like right now, I'm running on flat ground. But I'm thinking, hmm, there's some things that could really, like the temperature, that could really cause some problems. Elevation change, running up and down, and... So I i i youtubed it and guess what the first video that i saw on this marathon was a 91 year old woman that was finishing the marathon and i thought man oh man i am done now because there's no way that i'm going to what's the best word sissy out of doing this marathon when a 91 year old woman completed the marathon with a smile on her face and i'm just telling you so often we put ourselves in the category of i can't do it i you know it's too difficult it's too hard and i'm just saying that the best things the greatest things in life they don't come easy and I'm telling you, for generations to come, we have got to get this thing right. Younger people reaching up and older people reaching down. We have to figure out how to bridge this gap. Please don't let this be the message that you just like, well, Pastor Travis, he kind of brought a good message today. It was fine, da, 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 da. And then you forget about it, and I forget about it. Let's do something about it. Come on, so that we can be honorable in the eyes of the Lord. This is God's plan. It's not my plan. It's not your plan. This is God's plan. This is how it's supposed to work. There's a reason why in Jewish culture, there's no such thing as an orphanage. Because the family steps up and the community steps up. If somebody dies, there's a reason why they step up and say, listen, this is our responsibility. This is our responsibility. We got to change it because we're missing it. We're really missing the mark, and I know I've said that, and I don't want you to get, boy, Pastor was negative this morning. I'm not negative. I'm just like, I feel an urgency that while we, you know, while we can, we need to do something, we need to do something differently. I'm going to skip a couple things because I ain't got much time here. Let's go down to point number, point number one. I know, that's okay. We receive directly from God. And so we have to understand that before you can give something away, you've got to receive it from God. If you don't possess it, you can't pass it along. People try to pass stuff along that they don't possess all the time. Right? Um, It's amazing. I'm just staying kind of in the health journey vein. It is amazing how many people have a great deal to say, and they may have incredible head knowledge on, on what a person needs to eat and how much exercise and macronutrients and all of those things. But listen, man, if they don't possess it, how can they give it? Like there are some, there are some, there are some unhealthy people giving a lot of advice away. And all I'm saying is, is that let's look at the healthy person that's got the head knowledge and the, the, the understanding. Oh, and by the way, they're walking it out. They're doing it. Come on, let's, let's pay attention really to what it is that, that they have to say. Amen? So for you to give something away, you've got to first possess it. You can't give what you don't have. All right? The second thing is, is once you have it, you've got to make the choice to intentionally pass it on to others. And when you pass it on, it's more like entrusting it to somebody. Like, for instance, whenever you, when you get your paycheck, and let's go back you know, several years, you got a paycheck and you went to the bank and you made a deposit in the bank. You didn't just throw your money at the bank. There it is! They don't even know who you are. No, you carefully, you took it, and you made the deposit. And sometimes, listen, older people, and I'm speaking to myself, sometimes our passing it on is because I said so. Because I said so. Listen, I'm older, you're younger, do it now, because I said so. Sometimes there's room for that, and there's a need for that but just throwing something at some somebody is not going to transfer as well as you care for that like you care for your money. Here's my hard-earned money. My name is Travis John Turner, 518-888, 8888. I'm not gonna give you my social, but anyway. Make sure it gets in the right account. You know, you carefully, you deposit it, and this is what we have to do when we have something that we've received from God or from somebody else. We have to carefully deposit it into the life of another person. And this is work because they don't think like you think. They, don't, they, don't want, they, don't, they might not be as quick to pick it up as you were. You might be like, bah, it's not even worth it. And this is probably what's happened a lot, Right? they ask a lot of questions whoever they are okay but it needs to be carefully handled all right how do we have how do we help the next generation we have to help them to answer three questions number one is this what is truth Pilate said so you are a king Jesus responded you say I'm a king Actually, I was born and I came into the world to testify of the truth. All who love the truth recognize that what I say is true. What is truth? Pilate asked. Like, listen, if you really want to help the next generation, you have to help them answer the question, what truth is? What is truth? Truth is the core question in all humanity. In fact, this is what I will tell you. I believe that if you see brokenness, if you see chaos and disorder at any area in your life, this is big, it's an area where God's truth is not being implemented in your life. It is the most beautiful litmus test. You got problems with your finances? I I would almost bet that God's truth has not been followed in your finances. You have problems in your marriage. I would almost bet that there's some of God's truth that is not being implemented in your marriage. It is a perfect picture uh, 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 that shows us opportunities, you know what I mean, to realign. And once again, you might be here and you're just like, man, pastor, you're just being real hard and you're talking about me. And who, who you've been talking to? I'm not talking to anybody I'm telling you this, that the beautiful part of the message is, is, if you've got something that is out of order and dysfunctional, God's grace and mercy is here and sufficient today. And guess what? If you begin to work God's truth into those areas in your life, then you're going to wake up in short order, and that area is going to be different and it's going to be changed. When you begin to apply what it is that God is showing you, amen what his word says your life is going to be different it's going to be it's going to be changed john chapter 17 and verse 17 it says this sanctify them by the truth your word is truth so listen if you don't know like one of the best things that you can start doing is asking yourself like if you're at a crossroads ask yourself this question what does the bible say about this topic And guess what? We live in a day and an age where you could just, you could just, let's see how many I can set off in here right now. Okay, Google, what does the Bible say about marriage? Okay, Siri, or Siri, or all you Apple people, I don't know. What do you say, just Siri? Siri, what does the Bible say about marriage? So you don't even have to be like a Bible scholar you know what I mean? To, to figure out what the Bible says and then make sure that you're checking the reference in your Bible to make sure that it's legitimate. Check the website where it's coming from, right? But one of the greatest things that we can start doing is asking what the Bible says about this topic that I'm finding issues with or I'm, I'm not happy with. The second question that we have to help people in, in, to be able to answer is this. Where do I belong? I'm telling you, one of the greatest things about the United States Marine Corps is the camaraderie. you got a bunch of misfit people from every part of the planet that come together, share in some tremendous, tremendous hardship, and we become brothers. Why? Because we belong. We belong. That's one thing that the Marine Corps does a very good job of. Not taken away from any of the other branches of service. I just don't know them. But I'm telling you, the Marine Corps makes you feel like you belong. They rip you down, tear you up, build you back up. Now you belong. We say things like, once you're a Marine, you're always a Marine. You never lose the title. Oh, and by the way, you don't ever lose the responsibility either. And so, you belong. Every powerful family is filled with people that feel like they belong in that family and they add value to that family this church the more people that feel like this is where they belong and that they they add value to what it is that God is doing in this community as they're plugged into this body the stronger the church is going to be Amen. when you feel like when you feel like an outsider like let's just say you're a brand new christian and and all the people they're just talking you know jargon that you've never heard before because you've never been raised in the church and and they're and and let's just say we're a bunch of cliquish people and 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 we're never really putting ourselves out there to to meet somebody new you know because that's hard and it's difficult and who need, who wants to do that if we're never saying hi and and hey man it's good to, i've seen you here for the past three weeks man it's awesome tell me about yourself like if we're not doing that then somebody may come And somebody may go because they don't feel like they belong. And God help us if if we're that church. Help us not to be that church any longer. And the only way that we're not going to be that church is if you. It's not my responsibility. You're like you automatically you're like. Well pastor's not doing a very good job. (laughs) You break away from the people that you see. Some of y'all six times a week use sunday to spend time with somebody that you don't know right all right that's good we're good all right number three is this does my life matter it says this for we are god's masterpiece he's created us anew in christ jesus so we can do the good things that he planned for us long ago right you are god's masterpiece he created you new in christ so that you can do the things that he planned for you to do a long time ago. I'm telling you what, man, you got value. You are valuable. God doesn't make junk and there was no mistake made whenever you were created. He's got a plan and a purpose for your life. And man, if God has called you here then then you need to you need to you need to work. Like if we're not doing a good enough job and challenging you, you need to be seeking out people and say, "Listen, I, I got gifts, man. These gifts are not being used. I got, I got talents. I got energy. I, you know what I mean? I need, to, I need to serve. I need to be a part of something bigger than, than what, I'm, what I'm currently you know, a part of. So does your life matter? Absolutely it does. There's two great moments. Mark Twain said this. He said, one of the greatest moments was the day that you were born. The second great moment that you experience is the day that you realize why you were born. Right? A lot of people don't know why they were born. Help us to help you figure out why you were born. Amen? I can tell you this. The reason you were born, it's not just for the here and now. It's got to, there's an eternal attachment to it. Like there is something divine attached to the reason why you were created. And I'm just saying this in closing. That I'm thankful for people that saw things in Travis far before Travis saw things in Travis. I'm thankful for teachers and coaches and mentors and pastors and leaders that, 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 that said, you know what, man, you've got, you've got the potential to be and to do something great and incredible. And while I would listen, you know, I was just like, wow, I don't know about all that. You know, I don't know about, I don't know about all that. I want to close down the service This morning just by giving you an opportunity, you know There's no way that you can really step into what it is that i'm asking you to step into If you don't first of all have a relationship with jesus christ and maybe you're here this morning I don't know everybody's story, but maybe you're here this morning and you're like man I've just felt like something is lacking and something is missing and um and, and I, need to, I, need to, I need to get back to, you know, maybe you served the Lord like a while ago and, and you were fervent about your service to God and, and putting Him first. But maybe, maybe you've never served the Lord. And I'm speaking to both of, these, both of these groups here. You haven't served the Lord in a long time or you've never served the Lord. And if you'd like to make a decision here this morning to do that, I would love to just lead you in a prayer. But this is the deal. You know, back in the day, we used to say things like this with every eye closed and with every head bowed, you know, just so you don't feel embarrassed. You know, go ahead and raise your hand. Just slip your hand up real quick. Nobody's watching. That's the most ridiculous thing, right? That's, that's ridiculous. Because we should not be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we should not be ashamed. And, and so, like, listen, if God's doing something in your life, You know what I'm saying? You should just jump up and say, you know what, Pastor? That's me. I'm making a decision today. I'm I'm making a decision that as for me and my house, you know, we're going to serve the Lord. And if my house isn't ready to serve it, I'm still serving the Lord. I'm leading by example. So if you'd like to make that decision this morning. I'm not going to have you jump up, but I'm also not going to have everybody, you know, turn down the lights and shut your eyes. And, but if you want to make that decision, a recommittal or a brand new decision for Jesus, I just want you to put a hand in the air and a big smile on your face at the same time. Thank you, Daniel. Awesome. Right here. So good. All the way up in the top. So good. Praise God, man. Let's give the Lord a hand clap right here in the back. Awesome. Woo. Praise the Lord. Let's have everybody stand as we shut down the message let's go ahead and just pray this prayer it's a simple prayer but you especially you guys that raised your hand ladies that raised your hand you need to make this like your your own prayer you gotta it's a simple prayer but you gotta make it yours don't just repeat after me but just maybe put your name in there but everybody just pray with me lord i thank you so much for dying on this this pray with me means out loud i got jana thank you jana (laughs) everybody pray out loud not just those that okay are you guys ready lord we thank you so much thank you for dying on that cross for me thank you for giving us the chance just to just to be forgiven your word says that if we repent we acknowledge our sins and we ask you to forgive us of those very sins which we all have bunches of them we know, God, that you are faithful and just to forgive us, to wash them away, never to bring them up against us again. And God, I know this, that no person can even do this prayer without the Holy Spirit moving on their life. And I just thank you for that. Thank you for the ministry that's taking place right now that we don't even see. There's somebody here right now that is, is being reminded that they are valuable. I thank you, Lord, for that. So forgive us of our sins, but Lord, we also make a decision today to surrender to you. This is a big part, big part. A lot of churches, we get this wrong. We don't talk about the surrendered life, the, the life that says, you know what? My life doesn't belong to me anymore. It belongs to Jesus. And and while he is an excellent partner and, and he gives us our dreams and our desires and and those kinds of things he also asks us to do things that we're not comfortable with and surrender things to him that that can be really challenging but lord right now we make that decision i surrender to your will in my life now god fill me with your holy spirit that i may be successful in walking with you yes lord i'm going to come up short and i'm going to i'm going to fail and i'm going to I'm going to disappoint myself and maybe even people around me and you from time to time. But I know this that my salvation, it deals with everything with what you have done and very little of what I do. Like, I really do believe in you right now. You are the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You are the only begotten of the Father. You came and led a sinless life, you died on a cross. Willfully, so that I can live, so that anybody that believes in you can live. You sit at the right hand of the Father, and you said, "Listen, I go to prepare a place for you, that where we are, that you might be there too." I thank you, Lord, for that. Forgive us, wash us, cleanse us, empower us, fill us with the Holy Ghost. Lead us, God. Let let our tomorrow be stronger than our today. Let us know you more intimately then than we do now. In Jesus' name, we pray amen amen if you made that decision for the lord it's very important that you connect with us there's some information up on the screen please follow that it'll give us an opportunity to stay connected make sure you got a bible we're going to talk to you about baptism you know what baptism is i was listening to a podcast the other day i probably used this before but i just it just jumped out at me baptism is the wedding band of marriage It is the outward appearance of what God's already doing on the inside. I thought that was really cool. If you haven't been baptized, get baptized. We love you. We will pray for you. We will walk with you, and we'll do this thing together in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: That's it for today's teaching. Hey, here's an idea. Share today's message with a friend or family member. If you're listening from outside our fellowship, we'd love to meet you. Visit graceid.org and hit the contact form to get in touch. We'd also love for you to join us. You can even check us out on Facebook Live by searching Facebook for Grace Church Rupert ID. Learn more and plug in at graceid.org. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Grace Community Church.